Yo, online fitness coach, what is up? Welcome back to the Strive for Strength podcast. It is your host, Miss Kendall Strample, aka otherwise known as Fierce to Fit. Guys, I just want to say thank you so much for contributing to your own growth right now, listening in on this podcast. I'm fucking stoked for today's podcast, guys. I have the honor of bringing on one of my friends, um, Chloe, who is a millennial money coach. And let me just tell you, she's about to F you up with some new information, y'all. It's very, I think, underrated looking at, you know, our money story and our money mindset. And it's something as a kid I struggled with so, so badly. And for a lot of you fitness coaches, it's the reason why you don't make an investment in yourself. And it's why you don't invest in your business to get started, to get going, to scale, because you're too fucking afraid of spending the money. And when you just let go of that poor money mindset in your money story, hop into a mind of abundance, you're more apt to investing in yourself. And what happens when you invest in yourself? You grow. So that is what Chloe is going to bring to your attention today. We're going to talk a little bit more about money mindset, how to overcome, you know, a poor money mindset. She has some really cool things and takeaways for you guys. Um, She basically works with people to get debt free and focus on getting to a place where they can start spending money more wisely, saving money more wisely, and, uh, being a boss. So if you are an online coach, listen up y'all. This is an amazing episode. Chloe's absolutely phenomenal. I will put all of her information down in the description below. And if after this episode, you feel called to make an investment in your business, let me just tell you, Elevate Coaching Academy is it for you. If you are a new online fitness coach, Elevate is my self-guided study course to give you every single system I've ever built to build your back end with your business, start generating leads, and really just take the first step in launching your business. Your, your business. So if you've ever asked yourself, where do I start? That's Elevate Coaching Academy. That is what it's going to answer for you. So with all that being said, I'm going to drop the link for Elevate down below. Take a look at the landing page, y'all. You're going to learn how to create landing pages in Elevate too. <laughs> so if you feel called to make that investment in yourself after this episode, Feel free to go look at the landing page, see if it's the perfect fit for you. We don't want people in the program that we know aren't a good fit for it. We want to make sure it's 100% the best investment for you. And if you have questions about it, cool. We'll help you by setting you up on a consult call with my consult specialist specifically to see if you're a good fit. So with all that being said, let's hop into today's episode, guys. Get ready to change your money mindset and be a mother freaking boss ass coach. What is up, y'all? And welcome back. So I have an awesome, awesome guest on here today. And guys, it's one that you probably really need. So listen closely, my friends. I have Miss Chloe on here. She is a money coach. And I actually had the honor of meeting Chloe. Like We were literally just laughing about it before this podcast, like two years ago at uh, an event here in San Diego, which is wild. We also did a little mastermind retreat together too last February in Miami, which is super cool. So Chloe, welcome to the Strive for Strength podcast. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to be here today. It's so crazy. It seems like a lifetime ago that we met. And even even that mastermind, it seems like a lifetime ago. So it's so fun to be on here. Can't wait to talk all things money. Yo, I already love your energy so much. Um, Dope, guys. So Chloe, your story is a good one. Um, it's one that I honestly probably can say I've never really heard from most people before. Um, and so if you kind of want to share a little bit about who you are, um, kind of how you, you hopped into your coaching journey and how that really came to fruition for you. 
Absolutely. So I, it really all started. I was a broke college student, had terrible money mindset. I absolutely considered myself the broke girl and I worked a ton. I worked all these part-time jobs. I had great work ethic, right? I'm like grinding. I'm picking up more hours. I'm picking up more jobs. But no matter how hard I worked, I had nothing in my bank account. Like I would play the game of like, I'd buy things until my cart declined. And then I would just be like, oh, okay, I got to wait on groceries, I guess. Like I'd be like, sorry, sir, can you put those bananas back? Like I just, I I would do that. That was the game I played. And it was so stressful for me, but I didn't know anything different. And so I did that for all of most of college basically. And then I reached a point in college where I was so sick of missing out on all the fun, going out with my friends, doing all this in order to work when I'm like, why am I working if I have nothing to show for it? And so finally I was like, I am going to try to figure out finances. So of course I'm like being, I have no idea. I have no idea how you figure this out because I wasn't, we didn't have a finance class in school. So I'm like Googling like how to become rich <laughs> in like the public library. I'm like Googling it at our school. I'm like looking at books, podcasts. I'm consuming all this content. And all of this stuff was directed at people who were like 50 and 60. They're like, here's how to refinance your mortgage. I'm like, no, no, no. I need help as a 19 year old. I need help as a 19 year old. I need something that is not going to put me to sleep when I'm reading it and something that matters to me and where I'm at. And so I struggled. I really struggled. And so I just went out on my own journey, trial and error courses, all of this stuff, and finally figured out what worked for me. So at that point, I paid off $36,000 of debt in 18 months. And that six of those months I was in college and I graduated, got a, got a full-time job. And it wasn't like I was, Oh, I made a million dollars. Like I was a normal, I was working normal, like you know, your first job at a college job and had this great transformation. And so from there, I was like, if I can do this, I have to go and tell other people because anybody else still. That's awesome, dude. That's what I always tell people. I'm like three steps ahead and you can teach someone else how to do it. Um, exactly. Cool. So, uh, you know, even for myself included, I'm asking this question, Chloe, but like, how do you explain what you are as a role with a money coach? Absolutely. So the biggest thing when it comes to being a money coach, that's different from like being an accountant or being a different like, um, professional in the, you know, in the like financial sector, basically is that a money coach is the person who helps you get to the place when you're ready to start investing. Um, the biggest thing for most millennials. Um, but for a lot of people in general is that they're not ready to start investing because they barely have enough to make ends meet, or they're in a situation like I did where they work harder, make more money and then still have nothing. And then they work harder, make more money and still have nothing. And so I still, I never felt like I had any extra money. I was in debt. I was, you know, basically paycheck to paycheck, no matter how much I made. And I had no idea how to handle money. And I thought the answer to my problem was more money. And so as a money coach, I go out and show people that you don't need more money. You need to understand how to handle finances in order to make money work for you. So 
the biggest thing that I help clients with is not only the logistics of finance, of how to pay things off, when to do things, what type of account you should have, all of those, um, you know, those like foundational things, but then also the mindset work of why are you self-sabotaging, how to get out of that and how to change the story that you're currently living when it comes to money. That is so freaking awesome. I think that's so underlooked. It's so needed. It is so not talked about. I think also too, it's one of those things, which like I had mentioned to you, Chloe, I definitely want to get into. It's just like nowadays, especially like younger ish generation kind of thing, which I mean, we're right there, but like a lot of people are just afraid to talk about money. Like it's an, totally, it's like an awkward conversation for people. I think nowadays, a lot of the time. Um, and I think, absolutely. Yeah, and I think like, like we said, talking more about like the, the mindset behind things. Um, I kind of wanted to get your insight a little bit on, um, cause I know personally for myself, I used to have the shittiest money mindset ever. Like investing was like not a thing for me to grow. Like never wanted to do it, was always terrified, thought I would still get ahead. Um, and so I know I had a big shift for myself and I know that's probably something you focus on very heavily. Um, even just from like reading your captions and stuff, um, which are fucking dope by the way, if you guys <laughs> leave Chloe's like Instagram in the description. And if you don't follow her, like WID, but, <laughs> like, <laughs> but so Chloe, I mean, especially for coaches out there, cause I know a lot of the people listening are coaches. So like what, what is the value with like having a positive money mindset? And like, what, what really is money mindset? I guess is my foundational question. Totally. So money mindset is basically what you believe to be true about money. And the crazy thing is that most of your money beliefs and you know, where your money mindset comes from was set in stone by the time you were like seven to eight years old. And the problem with that is that whatever those beliefs were that you accidentally or, you know, you know, subconsciously set in stone as a seven-year-old or eight-year-old, you're most likely still living in that same, like you're living based on that being the truth as a 18, 19, 20, 20 plus year old, whatever. You have to be updating those beliefs intentionally or you will subconsciously be living out that reality. And so it, it sounds complex, but it's really not. I'll give you an example. As a kid, I saw my parents work really, really hard and still struggle. I watched them work harder and still struggle. I watched them work harder and still struggle. So as a kid, I formed the belief that making money is one really, really hard. And no matter how hard you work, you won't get a Head. And so you can literally, if you look at my timeline of finances up until I had that epiphany when I was in college, every, I, I had a job when I was 14, I was making money. I was babysitting. I was working at the fairgrounds. Like if I could pick up more hours, I would do it because I loved the chase for money. Right. And I would, I would work so hard to have nothing, work so hard, have nothing. And so that belief that I, I, I saw from my parents or, or heard from them was how I live my life. Not on purpose, not on purpose. And a lot of times when you look at the things that are going on in your life, like you look at your reality, it's going to tell you what's going on behind the scenes. And, um, another example, cause people, that's like my number one question are like, what are the most common money beliefs? And so that's a very common one. Um, another one is that money is always stressful for me as a kid. I can vividly remember being in the, at the grocery store, like with my mom. And I am like, I'm a step. Do you do Enneagram? I'm a seven on the Enneagram. You're three. Okay. <laughs> Duh, you're a three. But um, I'm a seven. So I'm all the time, like 
all about the fun. Let's party. Let's make everything fun. And so even as a seven-year-old, even as a kid, I'm like in the grocery aisle, like mom, you know, like trying to throw her a paper towel roll for her to catch it and like make this fun. And when we were grocery shopping, she would always be like, Chloe, stop. I need you to just pay attention because she was so stressed about buying the groceries, especially when we go to check out, I'd be like, mom, look at this toy. Mom, what about this? Mom, can we go to the pool later? And she'd be like, Chloe, I need you to stop. Because I could feel that stress from her as she was going to pay for groceries. And so I, as an adult, I would be, even as a teenager, honestly, I would be at the checkout counter buying anything. I could be buying toothpaste. I could be buying like a big purchase. And I would be so stressed. If my phone was ringing, I'd turn it off because like I had to focus my energy because I'd be so stressed. And I always told myself like, well, once I become debt free, that will go away. So then I became debt free and I still had that. And I was like, well, it's because I don't have like a big savings account. So then I had that and I was still stressed. And that's when I really started to unpack this idea that it doesn't matter the logistics, like the, let me take that back. Logistics matter, but you can only go so far with logistics. Okay. I, I, I got the wind. I'm like, yes, I'm debt free. Yes. I have a savings, but it didn't matter because I was so stressed and miserable around money because that's what I thought money was. That's what I believe to be true about money. And so your money beliefs will stop you. They will like halt your progression. They will slow you down if you are not constantly updating them. And the good news is it's easy to update them. It's easy. I mean, you have to be continuous about it. The example that I use, we have a puppy. She's 13 weeks and she's pretty good potty training, but occasionally she'll like pee in the house and we have to be like, no, no, no. Like don't pee. Like, no, she's peeing. We catch her peeing. We're like, no, no, no. We take her outside. We set her down and we're like, good pee out here. And that's what you have to do with your money beliefs, right? Like all of a sudden a thought will pop in your head. Like, oh, I shouldn't invest in myself. It's too expensive. And you have to catch yourself. Like you're catching a dog peeing and say, Hey, that belief is that any month, like I shouldn't spend money because spending's bad. Let me update that. The truth is that when I invest in myself, I get to grow 10 times faster. And I do want that. So it's like, we have to catch our money beliefs in the act, update them constantly. And that's how we break through them. Yeah. That is so dope. That's something like, like you said, just constantly, like consciously practicing over and over. I have a quick question on that though, too, because I know this for myself personally too. And I know every single human listening can agree with this is that there's like that justification, right? Where it's like, it's definitely for growth. And then there's sometimes that justification where you like want the Louis V bag and it's like, wait, am I justifying this properly? <laughs> like, where do you think the gap is there? And like, how, how do you like approach that? Or how would you suggest somebody approaches like the justification behind things? Totally. Totally. So the biggest thing is I always tell people to start with a priority list on a piece of paper, on an Excel sheet, I don't care where it is, but write your financial priorities from one to 10. So like number one, my biggest financial priority is to pay off debt or my biggest financial priority is to go on a vacation. And you have to be able to be honest with yourself about what you value. There are some people that when they look at their debt, like their student loan debt, they're like, you know what? I have student loan debt. It's all right. Like I'll get to that. My highest priority is this other thing. There are other people that they lay in bed at night so crippled by the fact that they have credit card debt 
So that should be a bigger priority. It really matters to you. It's not what I tell you is the most important. It's, it's really what matters to you. And so my, the way I approach any decision is, is this a priority for where I want my money to go? And sometimes it's the, you know, the designer handbag and that's okay. And sometimes it's not, but it matters to you and what your priority is, not somebody else. And so the problem, the disconnect that I see all the time is when someone's like, oh, well, she bought the bag. So I need to, it needs to be a priority for me. And that's where, that's where spending out of alignment comes in because it has to be your priority or else you're buying it based on her person. That doesn't make any sense. And that's where you're going to lead to, you know, getting in a bad financial mess or, um, just feeling like you'll never get ahead. Right. I've seen so frequently and it's like, even as coaches, you know, posturing like sales calls when people are saying like, Hey, like you should probably know if someone needs to be there for consideration. Um, and so that's like another thing too, is like working with coaches, right. And like other, other coaches, cause I know a lot of the people listening are probably being online fitness coaches. And so, um, for them with making the investment to grow and potentially, you know, invest in something like mentorship or something like that, they might preface it with like, well, I don't have money to invest to make money. So what's like your suggestion in terms of like the mindset and strategy behind that too? Absolutely. So I can remember the first time I ever was going to invest in myself, it was $700. And when I was on a like sales call with the person who was like selling me into her program and she was like, it's $700. And I was like, Oh my God, $700. I was like about to just like croak on the floor and like pass out because to me that felt like a million dollars. And especially because go back to my childhood, one of my money beliefs that I saw from my parents was if you can do it yourself, don't pay someone. Like if we, if I can fix the toilet, don't hire someone. If I can mow the yard, don't hire someone. And so I thought, and paying something like that or, or investing in yourself, I didn't get it. And I struggled with that. So my first reaction, I was like, oh my gosh, this is great. Like, I don't know if I can do this, whatever. So I got off the call. I'm like, I think it's a no. I'm going to think about it, but like, I, I don't know what to do. And for three days, it was all I could think about. And I started questioning myself, like, you know, is this where I want to go? Is that where I'm headed? Or, you know, do I just want to stay stagnant? Do I want to stay where I'm at? And the biggest thing that I've realized over the past couple of years is you can get there by yourself. It's going to be a lot harder and it's going to take a lot more time. And so for me, I wanted my dream life now. I wanted my dream business now. I wanted to go and serve clients now. I was in corporate and like I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur and I had to decide, am I okay with waiting, which is fine, or am I willing to play big to get the big dream? And so I think a lot of people, you know, just really, it's scary for them because they've never played big in their life before, right? Like I follow the little straight and narrow path. I'm like, okay, I have to go to school and then I have to get the safe corporate job and then I have to do this. And so when I started making those moves, it felt so scary, but in such a good way. And I told myself like, you know what? This is a big decision. I'm going to play all out. And if I fail, I fail, whatever, but I'm going to go for it. And I went in that mastermind, made it back within like two weeks and it, that was like what catapulted the beginning of my business and it changed everything. 
And um, that's the, the biggest thing for anyone who's out there. First of all, I know exactly how it feels when you like, you know, you want to be in the mastermind or you want to be in the program. And then you see that price tag and your heart just like sinks that for a reason, because if it was easy to do it, everyone would. And if it was easy to break through money, mind blocks, everyone would. And if it was easy to create your dream life, everyone would. And I would even argue that it's easier than you think it will if you're willing to play big. Like it's, it's going to be easier if you're willing to play all out. And so, yeah, that's, that's the biggest thing is like, I mean, and don't, don't you think you'd agree? Like if you, the bigger you play, the faster you grow. Agreed. And it's so funny. Like I can explain, like FTF has grown by six members in three months. And like prior to this last like three months, I was so hesitant and I'm thinking to myself, like two days ago, talking to one of my co-coaches, like, why the fuck did I not do this a year ago? <laughs> like we would exactly bigger mark last year. Like, you know, we would have scaled bigger last year, but like clearly it just wasn't the time of my life. I needed to fix my money mindset and my money story. And like, it is crazy. It's like, you almost get obsessed with investing in your growth after you do it. Um, (laughs) Totally. I'm like, why did I, hello? Like, what else can I do? Like, where are you at? You know? Um, and it's one of those things too, is it's also just like really cool to see yourself like let go of all the control too sometimes within your business and like just within life in general. Um, yeah, it provides just more opportunity for you client base making a bigger impact. And that's like one thing that I think a lot of people, when they go to purchase something like a mastermind or a coaching, they think about themselves. And I'm like, think Mm -hmm. about like, especially for coaches, like think about the client base. Like it shows how many fucks you give when Mm -hmm. you invest in your own coaching business, because you're going to make a a bigger impact on your client base. And that's one thing I'm like, I just try to stress to people so much, you know, um, like when they first start like hopping into the world of coaching, is that like, do you need to invest in a coach? Maybe not, but like, do you want to take an extra two and a half years? Cool. And still maybe not do it right. Cool. You know, it's like that rapid progression, which I think some people just think is really, really hard. Um, and so for you, Chloe, I know if you, you work with like a lot of millennials and you're a millennial money coach. So in terms of like, this is like I told you earlier, a lot of people ask me about budgeting or just like figuring out ways to start going about being smarter with their money, um, instead of always, you know, working harder. Um, do you have like any specific like tips, advice, like any applications and stuff for people to just kind of like start off with when they're trying to get into like a better financial state? Totally. Absolutely. So the first thing is you have to know where you're at, right? If I, you know, called Kendall and I'm like, Hey, book me a plane ticket to San Diego today. She would need to know what airport I'm leaving from, right? Like you can't just be like, sure. But like, where, you know, where are you, where do you live? And she would have to know like, Oh, it needs to be out of the Kansas city airport so I can get there. And a lot of people focus so much on the destination, right? They're like, I want to be debt free. I want to have a savings. I want to invest, but they don't focus on where they're at now. And I'm a big believer that if you're not a good steward of the money that you have, when you get more money, it's just going to be more chaos, like more money, more problems. Right. And so the more, (laughs) the more that you can focus on saying whatever money I have now, I'm going to be the best caretaker of this money. I'm going to do good things with it. 
the easier it's going to be to grow, the easier it's going to be to make more money, the easier it's going to be to feel like you have more money, even if you don't make more money. And so when it comes to budgeting and planning things out, my winning secret, my like secret formula is that most people live like this. They're like, okay, money coming in, right? That's like number one, money comes in. And then they're like, all right, I'm going to live my life. I'm going to like buy my stuff. I'm going to pay rent. I'm going to like go out and have fun. And then whatever's left over, I'll put towards debt or I'll put towards savings. And I live my life completely opposite. I say, here's all my money coming in. Next, I'm going to hit my goals. So whatever my savings goal is, the second I get paid, it goes towards savings. The second I get paid, it goes, you know, if your, your goal's debt or your goal's investing, whatever, whatever that is, the second money goes in my bank account, I hit my goals. Then with whatever's left over, then I live my life because you will, and I call this the luggage trap, right? If I am going on a trip and I am carrying my small suitcase, like my baby suitcase, my carry on, I will fill it up to where it's, I can barely zip it. And then finally I'll be like, nah, you know, my big suitcase, maybe I should just bring it. It'll be, there'll be so much room. It'll be easier. The second I put stuff in my bigger suitcase, all of a sudden my big suitcase is full. And that's what we do with money. Like if we, if you give yourself, oh, I'll just spend and then whatever's left over, just like in the suitcase, like whatever room's left over, there's not going to be room left over. So it's so important that we hit our goals first and then plan our lifestyle. And I'm not saying that means you can't have fun. You can't get your hair done. You can't get your nails done at all. I'm just saying that your top priority should be hitting the goals that best serve you. And remember that those goals could be a vacation in the Bahamas. I don't know, but whatever it is, hit that goal first, then live, and you will always hit your goals. And it's so much easier to budget and plan out your spending if you model your spending like that. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I think that's like another thing too with our, like, I want to say our generation is kind of just like in like the upcoming is like, it's just really hard sometimes to prioritize your future self. And that's just one thing I think a lot of us like do have trouble with that we have to just hone in on and like focus more on. It's just like think mm-hmm. of your future self, you know, and it'll, it'll be a lot better for you, like down the long run. It's like embrace the suck for like two seconds, sis. Like that's totally embrace the suck. And, and I also think that if you're struggling and like, I, I absolutely, this was me, but if you're struggling to like, Oh, do, do I need to save? Do I need to do this? Do I really need to do this? I want you to dream bigger. Like I can remember the first time, and this was like one of my like biggest, one of my most favorite wins that I've had ever is when I was working towards debt-free, it felt like I was going to be in debt forever. I was like, this is the worst. Every dime that I make goes towards, you know, paying off debt. Like, oh, it sucks. And at that point I, I questioned it. I'm like, is this like really worth it? Like, like what's the point of this? And I would start to dream bigger. So I would say, once I'm debt free, what do I want to do? Okay. I want to, you know, have a savings. I want to do this. I want to do this. And I wrote down, so this is like probably three-ish years ago and maybe more. I wrote down on a piece of paper, I'm going to buy my parents a new car. That was like the thing that I was like, that would be so fun that would be the biggest gift for me. That would like really make me so excited. And so this past Christmas, I like met that goal. I bought my parents a car for Christmas and it was like the most special thing for me. And so if you're struggling to feel like that dream bigger, like go on Pinterest and look at like your dream home or, 
um, you know, plan that trip to Italy that you're going to do at X point in that priority list or whatever it is, like think farther out and that will encourage you to create that life for yourself. Um, and also this is like, maybe this is like super nerdy of me and no one will relate to this, but if you're a super nerd, you have to let me know. Um, because I would, when I was in corporate and I was like very, I just started corporate. I was like so broke right out of college. And I would go to like retirement websites and I'd be like, how much could I invest? How much would I have to invest today to be a millionaire at 65? And I'm like, wait, it was like $187 or something a month. And I'm like, wait, I can totally make that work. Like what? I was, it was so crazy because when you start, when you're young, it's so much easier to build wealth and to build a big retirement, like, you know, bank account basically than it is when you're 30, 40, when most people start thinking about it. So that, that's something that can also be like really empowering is to be like, financial freedom is very possible for me, especially the earlier I start. Yeah, that's so funny that you mentioned that, Chloe, because when I was 18, I walked into a financial advising office and it was so funny because I had been in my business for like six months and I was like, I'm going to start a Roth IRA. And they were like, you're like five, get out. I was like, <laughs> they like, like where? <laughs> I was just like, you know what? I'm just trying to be adult right now. Okay. It's racist. I know. And, <laughs> and let me tell you, that is one of my biggest pet peeves of one women not being taken as seriously when it comes to this stuff, but also like young women. Like I can't tell you how many times I have gone to the bank or been in a conversation where people are like, oh no, no, this is what we're talking about. I'm like, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Or they're like, oh no, no, we're like, we're talking about investing. And I'm like, yeah, I know. Like what, (laughs) you know what I mean? And so that's why I'm such a big um, advocate for more women talking about money, talking about their money accomplishments, talking about their money goals, like just saying they're like big ass, like audacious things that they want to accomplish and do for themselves and do for their family and do for their community. Like, I love that shit because it's like, if you're not going to take me seriously, like I'm, I'm going to show up, I'm going to still going to show up so even if you don't take me seriously, I'm going to pave a road. So the next woman that comes in here, you take her seriously. You know, like I, I just take that. I take on that responsibility. So I, I take it so seriously because it's like, if they're going to laugh at me, like I'm going to make it clear to them why they shouldn't. So the next woman that comes in here, they don't. Yo, I fucking love that so much. Like this is something I, sp- I spoke about on my story. I went into a car dealership like a few months back to get a car and I straight fucking walked out and went to a different dealership and ended up getting a different brand of car simply because they did not treat me with respect as a woman or just like sexism and ageism were just 1000% a factor. I was like, absolutely. Just do you boo. Like, no, I, I did the exact same thing. Um, like, uh, this is probably four, three or three or four years ago. And I, the car that I still have, I love it. But I went in to go buy this car and I went with my now fiance, but at the time he was my boyfriend and we went in and he, I was like, Oh, you want to go with me? He's like, sure. And I would ask the car dealership man, I don't know, a question and he would answer it to Shay. And I'm like, do not speak to him. and, And Shay was like, so supportive. He's like, well, she's buying the car. So like, this is her car. This is her purchase. And, and I, oh my gosh, it was my biggest pet peeve. And 
what, here's a money tip. But when it got to the financing, because this was like before I was just starting to figure out finances and my car died. Um, so that part of the debt that I paid off was this car. And so I go and I'm talking about, um, you know, buying this car and I'm like, yeah, I, you know, I want to negotiate the price and they they come down a little bit, but I want them to come down more. And the car salesman says to me, don't worry. You don't have to negotiate the price down. I will make your monthly payments lower. And I'm like, no, I don't care if my monthly payments are lower. I'm going to pay this car off really fast. I care about the total price I pay. And he turns to Shay and he's like, do you want to explain this to her? And I'm like, I know what you're saying. I don't care. I was so, we like got up and left. I was so mad that of the like disrespect of just because I'm a woman showing up and doing this. I was, oh my gosh. So I feel that. I absolutely feel that. Really short expansion on that. It's so funny you mentioned that I actually did like a story series on it because I was like that pissed off about it. My friend, I ended up calling him. I was like, hey, can you come? They didn't even serve me for like 15 minutes. Like no one walked up to me. He walks in and they like flock to him. And I was like, are you kidding me right now? And so I ended up going to the other dealership. I got the car and I was like, you know, one other thing is like just fucking ask for something because like they were giving me like X amount of dollars for my old car. And I was like, no, I want more. And they like literally gave me an additional thousand dollars for the other car. I was like, wow, that was pretty sick. I just had to ask for it. So like, exactly. You ask, you know, but I'm so happy you mentioned that because that's something like I'm so passionate about and like, it pisses me off to no end. And it's just, it's up to us to like change it because it's not exactly. Exactly. And you, even you mentioning that you asked for that, women are less likely to negotiate they're less likely to ask for a raise. They're less likely to negotiate their starting salary. Like, and, and so much of this, and I won't get like too far into like all this stuff, but so much of the pay gap and so much of like all, you know, the investing gap and all this stuff, not that it's our fault, but there's so much that we can actively contribute to close it. Right. And to me, I look at that as an empowering way that we can live, that we can say, Hey, now that I know that there's this huge gap in negotiating my starting salary, if I'm in corporate, I want to make sure that I'm going to do that. And I want to make sure I can learn how to do that. So there's not that gap. When I'm going to negotiate my car, I'm going to make sure that I'm actively doing that so I can work towards closing that gap, not just for me, but so the next person that comes in here, the next woman that comes in here doesn't face that same disrespect when she's in here a buying customer ready to do that. So, oh man, it gets, it gets me fired up. So so happy you mentioned that no it's it's funny it's like that's what's cool about female coaches and like the online coaching space it's like we are closing the the gap and we're like the ceiling is being diminished like that's the really cool about the really cool thing about being a female online coach is like hi you can actually determine what you get paid like you can determine the role that you play in your business like that's the really cool thing about like online coaching and why I'm so grateful like it is very much so like a shift in paradigm for there's a lot of totally you know which is dope so Chloe, I know for you, obviously, if people are taking it like a step further, looking at, you know, um, trying to just financially set themselves up and get themselves into a better place, um, obviously, with you being a money coach, if you just want to kind of explain a little bit about like what you provide, um, guys, already, if you don't follow her Instagram, like there was small tips, even from when I took vacations that I was like, wow, genius, like just on your captions alone. Um, But if you want to talk a little bit about, you know, obviously, like where people can find you, what you provide for them and everything would be awesome. Oh my gosh, for sure. So I love social media. I'm on, if you search deeper than money, 
on any social media, you will find me um, on Instagram. I have a free Facebook group. I do live coaching in. So if you follow up questions from this, that's a great place to ask questions. Every week I go live and answer all the questions. Um, Deeper the Money podcast. I have all the things. Um, if you want to jump into your finances, we have tons of free resources off the bat. We have a thousand dollar challenge, which is three days to save a thousand dollars. Um, we've had thousands of people go through that. Love that. If you're looking for a free resource, if you are looking for like jumping in deeper transformation, um, my signature program is called the wealth accelerator. It's a 12 week deep dive into completely transforming your finances, everything you need to know, but yeah, jump on over on Instagram or to our website at deeperthemoney.com um, because we have so many resources, again, so, and free too. So many free resources, paid whatever you want to do at whatever level. We've got it for sure. Yeah. Come hang out with me. <laughs> I'll that, uh, I drop like your links in the description, guys. If you enjoyed this podcast, uh, do us a favor. If y'all want to take a little screenshot, press the little power button, the volume button, post on your story, tag me and Chloe, shoot Chloe a DM, myself. Um, but yeah, guys, thanks so much for listening in. Chloe, thank you so much for showing up and everything that you provided with us. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. Please tag me and all the stuff. I absolutely love it. Thank you again for having me on here.